0: about books and fandom. My name is Diana and I co-host this podcast with my bestie Nabiya. For this first season, we're diving into verse, starting with Shadow and Bone by Lee Bardugo. So please grab your book, your drink, and come sit with us as we delve into the Shadow Hall.
1: All right, so in the last episode, Alina makes her journey to OzAlta Alta. She's installed in the little palace and makes her debut as the Sun Summoner at the Grand Palace. The episode ends with Alina sort of grieving the loss of her life as she knew it up to that point and really missing now. Sad, yeah. sad, sad. But sad. now we're trying to, we, Diana and I are gonna attempt to make our way through a big chunk of the chapters from chapter 8 to chapter 14 or chapter 13 which is really more I think Alina finally settling into her space. It's it's just like this many chapters but as I was rereading them again today I realized like almost what six months
0: or more have passed because they go into from summer all the way to winter right at this point. So chapters 8 to 10 is basically the settling in chapters. Um, so we see like Alina settling into also, uh, the little palace. Um, chapter eight was about like the tour, the grand tour of the little palace. Uh, they they had like a seating map. Like I think Marie was showing her- where The cafeteria scene. <laughs> yeah, had yeah, the cafeteria movie. And she was like, come sit with us. <laughs> Um and then the Genya takes her on the tour of the palace grounds. She shows her where all the different Gisha orders work. There's some like cool thing. They see like she goes to the library and the library is the like straight library. out of yeah. It's like Beauty and the Beast library, you know. Oh like my a dream It even
1: has the doors are books.
0: Yeah,
1: like the doors to the library are carved out of wood that looks like books. <laughs>
0: next level two stories high wall to wall line floor to ceiling with books is basically where me and Nabia would install ourselves probably yes.
1: Wish list in our <laughs> French chateau please
0: yeah um and then the where the corporal work is kind of weird and freaky um there yeah, are no, no windows, windows. <laughs> yeah it's like what are they doing in there it's a
1: bit morbid and it's like yeah. oh they they, ex- they do their experiments in there. And a reminder, the corporal key are the order of the living and the dead, where yeah. the heart renders, the healers, etc. So I, all I imagine is like medical workrooms. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Operating theatres.
0: And like human experiments. I don't know. Yeah,
1: <laughs> there were some heavy-handed, like you said in the notes, there's some heavy-handed uh, foreshadowing that happens throughout all these chapters that we're going to dive into today. But there was yeah. one bit as I was reading through it today because they go and see the, you know, they go walk past the corporal key rooms and then Genya takes Alina into the fabricator workshop where yeah. we get introduced very briefly to this um like tech AV geek, David, who Genya clearly has the hots for. And then as they're walking out of the little palace towards the lake, they pass a stretch of the little palace that has no windows, right? And then Kenya mm-hmm. says, oh, this is the other side of the corporal key workrooms. And they're working on some experiment with the fabricators right now. And I'm like, ooh, what experiments? What what is this? Like, is this a, yeah. a simple sort of one-liner setup for later? Uh, because I, I, yeah. I missed it on the first pass, right? And then I was like, oh, knowing what we know about the end of this book, I was like, Ooh, I mm. guess that's what the experiments they're working on will, will see towards the yeah. end of this book.
0: Cross-collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a school as well, which like which makes sense because they identified Grisha very young and then they had to get trained somewhere. So there's a school on the palace grounds, and then Bagra's house is in the woods Um, after they walk past the summoner's pavilion.
1: Yeah, so Bagra, if the listeners remember, was introduced very briefly at the end of the last episode, the last chapter, mm-hmm. where they say, okay, tomorrow you meet Bagra and, and that's all. So this is Genya taking Alina through the little palace all the way towards Bagra's house
0: yeah and then we go into chapter nine because here is Bagra's house in the woods you have to go by yourself that's what Kenya tells Alina Mm -hmm. and then chapter nine is basically the training montage part one but first they introduce Bagra right yeah
1: so Alina walks into this hut it's like hot the fire is going it's summer and she describes she says, my first impression was of an impossibly ancient woman, but when I looked closer, I wasn't sure why I thought that at all. Bagra's skin was smooth and taut over the sharp angles of her face. Her back was straight, her body wiry like a Suli acrobat, her cold black hair untouched by grey. And yet, the firelight made her features eerily skull-like, all jutting bones and deep hollows. So in our head, she already set it up in that first line, which is like an impossibly ancient woman. And yeah. we already know from talking to the darkling um that Grisha, really strong Grisha, have really long lives. So mm. nobody knows how old Bagra is. Um, yeah. There are lines later in this series of chapters where the darkling says, "You know, nobody here is old enough to even remember what Bagra's actual Grisha <laughs> power is. Maybe she's a time yeah. maker. so she's she's so young. She's got black hair untouched by gray her skin's super tight like she uses retinol every night and and yet like in the tv adaptation on netflix she's an old lady oh yeah right
0: exactly uh, is
1: it just like why why this casting choice right um is it just too difficult to describe on tv i guess maybe yeah
0: Yeah. (laughs) like too difficult to make that jump right yeah like oh she looks young but she's actually super old yeah it's like when, um,
1: when you watch <laughs> true blood and you see these like thousand year old vampires but they look like 23 year olds
0: yeah I mean I could get into it it's supernatural I exactly I mean the darklings like that so is Edward Cullen right so yeah we're used to it now yeah we've accepted it <laughs> yeah um yeah, so, and then we're introduced to Bagra, and Bagra starts to you know show me well, what you can do.
1: Yeah, and then and then she grabs onto Alina, and then boom, we realize instantly she's also an amplifier like the Darkling.
0: Her first training goes badly. Like her training with Bagra goes badly. Her training with Botkin, who is the another person master, she, a combat master who she needs to train with as well. I love so Botkin, both, by the way. Yeah. Oh little girl like to get hit. (laughs) I know I love it. Yes. It's like is this what they teach in First Army? He's all like (laughs) taunting. Like, give the girl a break. It's a first try. Yeah, so there's a whole
1: series of just Alina being really bad (laughs) at what she's exactly doing.
0: She's like He's bad. Bagra. Bagra also taunts her and is like, "What am I supposed to do with a girl who can't call her own power? Even children can do this." So, it just shows that Alina's come to this late. Like most other Grisha, were trained since they were young.
1: Yes, yeah, they were like five or
0: six. She was not the most physically competent person to start with. <laughs> <laughs> so, poor Alina. Yeah, poor Alina. So you know the learning curve is pretty steep
1: Alina's always weak right she Mm. has no appetite she doesn't sleep well she can't call her power Mm -mm. and and like she's got bags under her eyes constantly
0: Um,
1: Bagra says here on page 147 how much harder is it to walk with your feet bound or to talk with a hand over your mouth why do you waste all of your strength fighting your true nature And Alina doesn't even know she's doing it.
0: Yeah, it's just so ingrained in her at this point, right?
1: Yeah, that she's like, she really is subconsciously pushing her power down and it's taking up all her energy to the point where she's just useless.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and it takes a toll on her health, her appearance, her appetite. Yeah. Yeah, she yes, doesn't but... know how to be any other way. She's like, I'm just like this.
1: It's, yeah, I've been like this forever. Yeah, <laughs> for as long as I can remember. So, so yeah, I think I thought that was a really interesting insight because this whole time up to this point, mm. um, they always we just tell thought... us how weak Alina.
0: Is. Yeah, we, and we just thought she just like looked like sour milk.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> she was like... just
0: malnourished, right? <laughs> exactly. This malnourished girl, I don't know, like, you know, some not everybody can be born beautiful.
1: Yeah. And and that was the whole thing as well, like earlier chapters where she's like, Oh, I'm I'm not beautiful like other Grisha and Darklings like mm. you just don't get it.
0: Yeah. And yeah, and I think that's why Grisha are also so beautiful because when you use your power, you're like it energizes you. Yeah. So they're all like super healthy they never get sick apparently
1: in addition to all this like physical requirements she's also expected to do grisha theory Mm -hmm. which she does in the library right so it's like she's reading up on all the grisha theory about the small science that she (laughs) hasn't had the benefit of learning from the age of five and six everything she knows about grisha is through children's stories and superstition and a lot yeah. of it is obviously blown out of proportion.
0: So the Grisha theory was quite interesting as well. Like Yeah. Yeah, you learn about like calls to like the the thisness, the thatness. I know, I was as
1: Alina was explaining what she was reading, I was like, Oh yeah, I get it. Like calls to like. What looked like magic was really the Grisha manipulating matter at its most fundamental levels. Marie didn't make fire. She summoned combustible elements in the air around us, and she still needed a flint to make the spark that would burn the fuel. Yeah. So it's like, okay, you're just somebody who is in touch with the elements that you have oh. within you, I assume. So it's like, you know, air bending, water bending. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, all that stuff where you have the ability to manipulate a specific element. So I, I was like, okay, I get it. And then she goes on. <laughs> it's like the grounding principle of the small science was like calls to like, but then it got complicated. Odina Kovost was the thisness of a thing that made it the same as everything else. Ettovost was the thatness of a thing that made it different from everything else. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, huh? You lost me, girl.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, uh, all right. Okay. It was etabos, so the thatness that gave them an affinity for something like air or blood or, in Alina's case, light. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I don't know.
1: And she goes, around then, my head started swimming. Yeah, I feel, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, yeah, yeah, me too. But she goes on to say that the word which is the abandoned is also the word for the muggles like yeah. people without magic but it's also the word for orphan yeah so basically the Grisha believe if you don't have magic you've been like orphaned yeah I guess, you've been abandoned by the elements
1: <laughs> I know like which really really cements it in your brain of how highly the Grisha think of themselves yes
0: but... Sorry, you were forgotten, neglected. The forsaken. <laughs>
1: yeah. Throughout all these scenes, it's it's really like it's reminiscent of the scenes where in Hogwarts they're studying for their OWLs. Yeah. <laughs> or their final exams. It's always in this like magic school sort of feel, right? It's very YA. Um, yeah. You know, bearing in mind this is the age group of the people. <laughs> Who read intend these books are intended for um yeah. probably in uni and they can relate there's all these bits but then there's little instances of like really creepy scenes with this apparat character
0: yeah the, the priest yes apparate.
1: the he,
0: what do you call him just, the rasputin the rasputin guy He's so, so he funny. shows so he shows up in the library in chapter 9 yeah and he like gifts her a book, The Lives of Saints. Um, and again, I guess this is another instance of foreshadowing because, yeah, if you're a reader like us, you would know nothing happens without reason, right? Mm-hmm. He goes on to tell her, like, okay, like, peasants love their saints, but they don't love Misha. Why is that? Why do you think that is? And she goes on to say he thinks it's because Alicia, don't suffer the way Saints suffer. And he's like, I think you will suffer more. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah, Excuse and me? she's like,
1: my head jerked up. I thought he might be threatening me, but his eyes were full of a strange sympathy that was even more terrifying. Yeah. So okay. creepy. but this is also, he gives her a <laughs> view of what's been happening outside the palace. Because yeah. Alina so far is all just about training, training, training. But her world is contained yeah. at this moment. So she has exactly. no idea what's happening outside. She has no yeah. connections to the outside world. Mm. She's been writing to Mal, but not getting any letters back.
0: Yeah. So
1: so the Apparat tells her that, you know, outside of this, outside of the palace, people have started praying to mm. the Sun Summoner. Because yeah. they've, they've heard there's a Sun Summoner and oh my gosh, this is finally potentially the end of the fold for Rafka. yes
0: yeah. that's, that's heavy stuff, man <laughs> yeah, exactly. I okay, yeah so that I think that happens in chapter 11 where he tells her that like yeah, that people are making altars and oh not? that's I the other creepy
1: yourself? that's the other creepy incident like I I wrote it down. aparat has like three very creepy moments in these set of chapters.
0: Yeah, I mean, every time he shows up, it's like, yeah.
1: it's he's like, like, like
0: eebie right? He,
1: he just like he, floats just, in from nowhere and stares. Yeah, at
0: and him. then like the hair on my arms just stand, you know, it's, he's just sleepy. <laughs> he's a sleepy dude. <laughs> I don't know if he means to be. Maybe he's actually really nice. Maybe he's okay. just like,
1: yeah, it's a, it's, it's a vibe. It's <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, like, so it's interesting because Alina is Grisha, but amongst the peasants, she's almost uh, revered as a saint already. Um, And they don't trust Grisha. You know, like the Muggles. The Muggles don't really Mm -hmm. trust the Grisha, but they love the saints and they love Alina. Yeah. So she's almost got like a different... She's got a different branding. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) she crosses over
0: you know
1: yeah yeah exactly
0: she's like the people's Grisha so in
1: this chapter as well there is a darkling moment that I do want to talk about
0: of course if you don't yes. mind yes
1: <laughs> so after after her first disastrous session with Bagra, she goes back to the cafeteria they're having dinner and then suddenly the doors to the darkling's secret office or rooms opens up and ivan comes out and comes to her and everybody stops talking and stares. ivan comes out is like the darkling wants to see you so she gets up she goes into his room which is a big deal and then she sees the darkling ivan goes away and he's just checking in on her he's just like how are you how has it been i know Bagra's tough are you okay? And then, and then, oh my god! He holds her hand.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like because she was like rubbing her palm, right? And he's yeah. like, "Why? Why do you keep doing that? Yeah, why? Why Did do he you do that? Yeah, he notices everything she does. That's how keen his attention is on her.
1: And he sees that there's a small scar that runs across it. And he asks, where did you get this uh, karamzin? <laughs> and then and then he changes the topic, right? He's like, Oh, speaking of Karamzin, the tracker is an orphan too, right? And yeah, asks about very briefly asks about Mal. Um mm. is he any good? And yeah, I mean, is he like, a good
0: tracker? Yeah,
1: is yeah. he is he good at it? And he's like, Yeah, the best. Everyone says that he could make rabbits out of rocks. And then as he's doing this, his like thumb is moving back and forth across his car and really scattering her braids.
0: Mm. Oh. <laughs> like,, oh, what are you doing? But I mean, yeah, I don't know. Was he planning to ask that? Because at first he was like, how are you? Yeah, that's it. That's all I wanted to know. And then he kind of randomly switches. Like he already yeah. like kind of dismissed her and said like sort of like, conversation over it was almost like yeah. conversation over by but then he was like oh you why do you keep rubbing this your palm and then suddenly switches to asking about Mal, like yeah yeah because he had already was...
1: opened the back door and said oh this is secret passages that go all the way to the room so you can
0: yeah. skip yeah. running
1: into all the other Grisha
0: yeah and then
1: that whole thing happened and you know what now you think about it it's really just the darkling at the end of the day no matter the man that he is is like yes well as a as a simple man he's probably attracted to alina Mm. he's intrigued by her he wants to get to know her there's a chemistry that sizzles between them Mm -hmm. but beyond that he's the darkling right yeah he's the leader of the grisha he's constantly thinking multiple steps ahead He's working on strategy. He's constantly thinking about the war and what he has to do about it. And he's got like multiple plans working in the back of his head. So yeah. it's an opportunity, right? Like this topic came up and it reminded him of the fact that, oh hey, you're you grew up in Karamzin, you're an orphan. So was Mal, the tracker. Yeah. And then then he realizes, oh, maybe I could use a tracker, which
0: exactly is
1: set up in the next chapter. Yeah. Yeah. Of why he wants a tracker.
0: Like you you wouldn't really think anything of it, but obviously like we we know how he uses a tracker in the future. But yeah, it was just like, Oh, is he any good? Yeah. But yeah. And then he just keeps like rubbing her palm. Constantly distracting her with his <laughs> Exactly, distracting self. her, like, don't think more about this. I was just I was just inquiring about you. I just wanna get to know you more, you know, like heart-to-heart but he does that right like so I mean that's not the first instance where he's used
1: the physical touch
0: yeah physical touch intimacy which is I had had something else yeah
1: Yeah. and I had a note because it's extra it's more than just the attractiveness of him as a man it's also Mm -hmm. the fact that he's an he's an amplifier Mm -hmm. he knows the effect that he has on Risha, hmm. he yeah. has a calming sense, right, yeah. like, he, he makes them feel safe at home, yeah. and comfortable with him, it's yeah. almost like a, it's like a Felix Felicis, or something, effect, exactly, where he gives them strength, and yeah. they feel like they can be, open safe up to and him, open to him. Yeah. yeah,
0: like, vulnerable, I mean, and,
1: and he knows how to use it, yeah, clearly, with the, the hand, because he, he did it deliberately when they were riding on the horse to calm Alina down. He mm. put his hand on her neck. And then now with the hand rubbing. And it's like, yeah, okay. He knows his effect. He probably manages it well, keeps it in check, but he also probably knows when to use it to get what he wants. Yeah,
0: I think like the part about like where, because obviously Alina is like taking L after L. Am I saying that the right way? I have no idea. This is like you speak, and then like taking an L, do you know what? Do you know like how like the the TikTokers will say like take an L, like basically like when they fail or
1: something. Oh, like take a loss. I think so. That's like football speak. Ah. like a a W is win, L is a loss.
0: Okay. So anyway, so she's I like. I only failing of
1: Friday Night Lights.
0: Of <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that football like American, American football. Football. Okay. so yeah so she's obviously like failing but and she feels like awful about it like oh like how am I supposed to save Raka and she's feeling terrible about it Mm. but I think she goes more into like she feels even worse once the apparat talks to her about how people are praying to her
1: because before this she only felt like she was failing herself and failing the darkling yeah now she realizes she's failing the people who yeah. are pinning all their hopes and faith on her at this point.
0: And chapter 11 is where it starts. So those chapters were kind of like more informational, right? Like we get a lot of information yeah. um, and we get to situate ourselves. It's a bit slower in pace. Yeah. And then now chapter 11 is where the action picks back up again. Yeah. New player introduced. Yeah. Well, new old player. So yes. The girl in blue, the one who was flirting with Mel, shows up and she's Zoya. And Zoya like hates her. We don't we don't really know why, like Zoya's like very like Draco Mel boy, right? I know. (laughs) Even the way it's
1: set up, like you know how Draco was introduced in Madame Melkins? Yeah. Just as a boy, and then later comes back and is like the bully.
0: Yeah. It's the same, it's the same structure. And then so They exchange words, um, and then they meet in Botkin's training class. Um, Alina is hurt, sent to the infirmary. Zoya, the star pupil, and teacher's pet is disgraced. Um, And then the apparate visits Alina while she's in the infirmary and talks about more creepy things. So that's chapter 11. Let's get into it
1: yeah like so this whole Zoya coming in like they they Genya explains it very early on It's like don't you see don't you understand why she's being so mean to you because she said some really shitty stuff
0: exactly (laughs) like Like, "Like the first time like she yeah yeah hi Alina hugs her it's like you stink of (laughs) Karamzin. yeah you stink of Karamzin. and then and then when she talks about her time away I think she went to Krubersk or something and then she's talking about the peasants um she gets she keeps looking at Elena. <laughs> it's like peasant like look at Lena and it's like okay what like <laughs> so so Zoya just like hates poor people <laughs>
1: she hates the povos
0: yeah hate the povos <laughs> anyway so so there's some dynamic like social dynamic thing going on we see more of that in chapter 11 as well so like Marie and Nadia are also sort of like toxic girls like they keep gossiping about other people yeah they keep gossiping and like being fake nice to people yeah yeah
1: like like it's just very high school yeah the the jealousy and the gossip and everyone sort of really trying to one-up each other everyone trying to impress the darkling Yeah. Who is like both the cool guy and also the authority figure in this school, Mm. little palace.
0: Yeah. It's really weird. Yes, it's a very weird dynamic. But anyway, so yeah, so they, but Alina doesn't have to do anything. She's just, you know, she's born this way. So everybody's jealous of her, right? Yeah.
1: Even Nadia and Marie, who try to hide it by being toxic. I guess they're.
0: (laughs) I mean, I guess Nadia and Marie, they're like, they are jealous, but they have settled to riding on her coattails, I think. Yeah,
1: so they're they're jealous of her, of the attention that she gets from everyone yeah. and also from the Darkling, but yeah. also they want to be her friend because she's the Sun Summoner.
0: Exactly, so they're like yeah. aligned with her. They're like, okay, you know, like, I can never be the Sun Summoner anyway, so... My next best move is to align myself with her. Yeah. Yeah. And you get the impression yeah. that
1: the Darkling, oh, Zoya used to be like, yeah, she's the teacher's pet. Botkin loves her.
0: Yeah. She's
1: clearly a very strong Grisha. Um, yeah. The Darkling also favored her in the past. She's got an amplifier. Mm. Um, so she was clearly the most popular girl in school before Alina got there.
0: Yeah, but I guess, like, even as powerful as she is, she is still a squalor, which is, like, Just a not, basic... Yeah, like, it's a basic squalor, like... Just a basic not rare. <laughs> she's, just, she's not rare, right? Yeah. And, well, we know the Darkling collects rare Risha. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Sun Summoner is, like, the saviour. So. Yeah,
1: because Alina asks... Zen- Genya straight up like why why does she not like me and Genia's like because she's jealous
0: <laughs> she's exactly. jealous yeah exactly duh she's jealous. yeah <laughs> I guess Al- Alina has never experienced people being jealous of her though right yeah
1: because pe- in the past everybody wanted to be her friend and were never threatened by her friendship mm. with Mal because she's a pipsqueak right yeah and she's unattractive so yeah. women sort of were just friends with her because they were like oh this is Mel's like sad sack of her best friend Um, so let's be friends with her so that we look good to Mel whereas now she's strong she's rare she's special and suddenly so this is something that is an unfortunate reality of like internalized misogyny of women feeling the need to tear each other down and it's been perpetuated by pop culture over decades right of like yeah. this is the relationship of women because there's such limited spaces for women to be in positions of power to make it up yeah. in the past that you have to sort of there was this false sense of competition that was created where oh not all women can rise together only yeah. some women can so they used it's to say like everybody's other like out
0: yeah climbing over each other right yeah whereas now I feel like
1: in the 2020s um, even in the late 2010s it's that started to shift right and I'm happy to be you know so, yeah. I'm happy to be a woman in this in this time where it's really we're trying to push that aside that that message of like women fighting against each other it's really about women uplifting each other and yeah and we empower women each support
0: other. women exactly
1: so yeah this is one of those things that probably won't age as well but mm-hmm. also it is a function of this book coming out in like 2012
0: yeah but yeah I don't know I don't know like what high schoolers today experience in school like, if this is still happening in school yeah I don't know actually Yeah, I don't know. Um, but at least in media that the media I watch, I think that's kind of shifted. Like there there's not so much um like mean girls anymore. It's like girl groups, you know, girls getting together. Um
1: There will always be mean people. Let's let's not (laughs) let's get that right, right? There will always be mean people, there will always be bullies, but it's not expected of girls to tear each other down as it was in the past
0: mm, right yeah
1: like girl groups can coexist even if you have different interests
0: yeah and, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm here that. for it I yeah. love it
1: I'm, yeah. I am seeing that in the media that I, I watch a lot of like teen high school drama
0: yeah <laughs> like, which
1: one <laughs> haven't grown up like I watch a lot of, I, I love
0: Never have I ever. <gasps> Never have. I... Yes, yes, it's yes. So exactly, oh exactly. God. Never have a. I... Yeah, that's a good uh, example because the there are these are three girls who are very different from each other, right? Yeah. and even the other and girls there's...
1: in school, yeah. the popular girls, the jock girls, like yeah. the relationships are all dynamic. Exactly, yeah. they have such a yeah. great positive relationship, even when there's jealousy, even in like yeah. um. Ugh, this is another show that I sort of like love-hate Um, Ginny and Georgia. Okay. You watch that?
0: I don't watch that.
1: So even then there's like these girl groups, there's some infighting but it's not about them trying to one-up each other. They're fighting because of mm. real like relationship problems. Mm-hmm, and even yeah. when like these two girl characters um have a shared love interest, they don't fight with each other because they know Yeah. You know it's like it's it's not my problem with you it's my problem with this guy it's yeah so, so i mean you're starting to see that shift and i do i'm here for it
0: yeah yeah that's good yeah you're that's like a long tangent. Wising up <laughs> that was a very long tangent anyway back to, back to shadow and bone <laughs> back to shadow and bone um so another thing that happens is okay so obviously the training scene where you know it all blows up um, and then Soya uses her powers to hurt Alina and I think it, it, it was because Alina was Alina like, had beat her yeah Alina had beat her and she did not expect that like
1: yeah she was mocking her and taunting her the whole time
0: yeah she didn't expect Alina to be good already right she even was she even had the upper hand
1: for a while and then Alina managed to beat her at the very end.
0: Mm.
1: And then she lashed out with the
0: powers. And then she ends up in the infirmary. And then who shows up? Our favorite guy. The, the upper hand. Hand. <laughs> <laughs> It's so creepy, like i I just got hurt. I'm resting and recuperating. And he just kinda like yeah. slithers up.
1: It's like night,
0: she's
1: she's looking out the window, breathing in the night air, and suddenly, Alina
0: Starkov. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I imagine, like she's just like, uh, you know, like next to her face, like Alina yeah. Starkov. Then, <laughs> and, <laughs> and then he says, he
1: whispers, <laughs> he says the name, and then he emerges from the long shadows by the door. So he was yeah. just standing in the shadows, watching yeah. her this whole time.
0: Yeah, and then he goes, Did I startle you? (laughs) And she's like, Had he been watching me sleep? Yeah, like, when would, how long have you been there, dude? God, yeah, creepy. And then, so
1: you know, he's this is when he tells her about how the peasants are praying to her and making Mm -hmm. holters to her, etc. They're hungry for hope. Um, and the the icon painters are doing a booming business thanks to Alina. So she's like, I'm not a saint yeah, um, oh, there's this one line that he says though that is also like maybe foreshadowing. Mm. Um, I feel like I feel like the apparatus is a foreshadowing plot tool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everything he says is like going to be a major plot point later. Yeah, and it's like there is something more powerful than any army, something strong enough to topple kings and even darklings. Do you know what that thing is?
0: It's faith yeah so it's like you gotta have faith faith, faith. but he's like <clears throat> he breathed his black eyes <laughs> <ice> wild <laughs> I don't know he's just weird um I mean can you can you just be like less weird you could just be normal you know just he's talk pers- normally
1: personal space because he's like <laughs> reaching for her as well and then and then she freaks out she reaches out to the side table and breaks a glass and then the, the healer comes running in and then the apparate melts into the shadows.
0: <laughs> so wait, so is the apparate just like a normal human or is he Fisha? He's just, just a normal, normal
1: human right? that is, <laughs> like, I imagine, like a cross between Rasputin and Severus Snape. <laughs> and, yeah.
0: and he's just, like, blending into shadows. Yeah, it's creeping exactly. along the sides of walls. <laughs> At this point, I'm imagining... You know, have you ever watched What We Do in the Shadows? No, so I'm just imagining those vampires, cause they're like it's like a comedy show. Uh, okay. It's like a comedy vampire, like rah, like, like <laughs> receding into shadow. Like okay, yeah. I could see it. <laughs> I could see that. It it is true. Like it's interesting. He said, "What's stronger than kings? Faith. Mm-hmm. Like religion is stronger than kings." Mm-hmm we've seen this again and again like throughout the european history or any history yeah it's
1: it's faith talks faith and religion talks to suffering and the peasants are suffering mm. they need something more to hope for especially when they see the nobility the king the royalty, the Grisha living in luxury and they're Mm. still suffering. Mm
0: -hmm. And these are the
1: people who are supposed to be out here trying to save and protect you. But why do they get to live in luxury? They get sugar on their table. (laughs) Um, But we have to ration. We suffer. We lose our people. Mm. Um, So what do you have to turn to but Faith?
0: And then there's also this other part in this chapter (laughs) where Alina (laughs) asks Kenya to help find out some information about Val like is yes. he alive um, where can she reach her because she, he's not responding to her letters
1: yeah and Genya's like have you been checking the casualty lists
0: Ooh. dark
1: and she does she says
0: <laughs> I check the
1: casualty list every single week terrified yeah. I would see his name but why? why hasn't he written back like she writes to him all the time so that's it for chapter 11 yes chapter 12 in this chapter we get sort of a big plot shift as well I I feel like the Mm. first big plot point of this book was Alina discovering her powers in the shadow fold and this is the second one yes one day she goes into Bagra's hut and the darkling is there and he's arguing with Bagra yeah, and the reason they're arguing is because the Darkling's got this idea in his brain that he's like, I need to get her an amplifier, because she's not strong enough yet, and she needs a really strong amplifier, so that she can break down the fold. And mm. and he's like fixated. He's like, I'm not gonna just gonna give her any some random bear claw. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna get her the most fabled, mythical, strongest amplifier in the world which is exactly from a mythical herd of stags that used to belong to Ilya Morozova who was one of the first and strongest Grisha in the world so apparently this Morozova had a herd of magical creatures of white deer that according to the children's stories that Alina knows of they were white deer, magical creatures that appeared only at twilight. They're ancient and very powerful. And in the kids stories, they say that they can talk and will grant wishes to anybody who catches them. <laughs> and the darklings like, uh, he just laughs because he's like, that's definitely not true. Um, so the darkling has it in his head that he's gonna get an antler from one of the deer in Morozova's herd, which will be. Alina's amplifier. Bagra is against it because she's like an amplifier is supposed to amplify magic and strength that's already there. But Alina's like, yeah,
0: let's do it because I can't. I'm not exactly like, and she at this point, I think she's also like, she's so sick of failing, right? She's she's she has this huge burden on her. Yes, and she's sick of feeling like a failure, feeling like she's not helpful. Um. She can't do anything. She's supposed to be the savior, but she's, you know, she's failing at it. And yeah. if it doesn't work out, it's on her. So she's like, yes, get me the amplifier. But she's like, any amplifier will do. It doesn't have to be this mythical
1: yeah. amplifier. She's like, give me one of your rare animals that you probably have in a back room.
0: <laughs> I mean, just give me your teeth. I don't know. <laughs> just like take a tooth out <laughs> exactly she's like
1: yes, yeah. yes yes she's grasping at straws she's like great i want an amplifier Darkling is gonna get it for me and she also begins to slack off right yeah and bagra she- gets bagra gets like pissed she's like dude what are you doing you're just you're not even trying anymore you're just waiting you're just waiting yeah. for the darkling to give you
0: this amplifier. And she's
1: like, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah she's like, I'm going to get an amplifier. It's okay. <laughs> but I don't need to learn anymore. Once I have the amplifier, it's just going to shoot out of me. I yeah. don't have to do anything. They do say a bit more about the amplifier um, in this chapter. And one of the things was um mm. that the Grisha claims the amplifier, but the amplifier claims the Grisha as well.
1: The one chooses the wizard. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> So it's like a mutual claiming,
1: yeah. The bond, because then the bond, she yeah. Alina Alina's reading about amplifiers in in the books of theory, right? And mm. the there's all these instances about the limits of power of the Grisha, and mm-hmm. how I think there was this one great line. Um, who said by a philosopher, right? <laughs> because they talk about the amplifier mm. and how yes, you said like the Grisha claims amplifier, the amplifier claims the Grisha, but once it is done, there can be no other. Like Mm -hmm. calls to like and the bond is made. So Mm. you can, a Grisha can only ever have one amplifier in their life.
0: Yeah. And another philosopher wrote, why can a Grisha possess but one amplifier? (laughs) I will answer this question instead. What is infinite? the universe and the greed of men.
1: Ooh, that's such a good line though. And so yeah. so true. So
0: true. But also did not answer the question. Yes. <laughs>
1: but philosopher's
0: man. man,
1: there's always rules to magic, right? You can't yeah. have you can't have infinite power otherwise mm. it's not fun. <laughs> where's the where's the challenge in mastering magic?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and so the Grisha, this is it. So, you have the limitations of the power of your own body, even when you have a magical object that can amplify it. There are limitations to that as well. You cannot have more than one amplifier, it's not like you can do a Power Ranger situation or whatever where you can stack amplifiers and suddenly become uncontrollably powerful.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, like that what Thanos, yeah, yeah, love the, or whatever the, the infinity stones, like
1: <laughs> even if you have all five infinity stones, you can only use one, right?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: One at a time. I find all the theory of magic stuff extremely interesting.
0: Yeah, but I think we, we love magic, like, books about magic, magic schools. Yeah. So, I think this was probably up our alley, right? Like, theory of magic. (laughs) If I could study theory of magic, I would. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I feel like, in every
1: magic book though, it's not just us. I think people who are interested in world building and magic do yeah. appreciate that you add in these boundaries and rules exactly. because otherwise it's just, it's no fun.
0: Like there's no, no, fun. Yeah. there's no
1: challenge to the
0: hero or the protagonist yeah. of the story. Yeah. There has to be limitations. and boundaries.
1: I think you were the one who actually taught me about that because, you know, I've always enjoyed these books, but I never really thought about it any deeper than that. And then when I was reading... Um, Name of the Wind hmm. that you recommended to me I think Tyrol <laughs> recommended it right? Um, Name yeah. of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss. I love that I book I love
0: that book. I'm still waiting for the third book I don't know if oh it's Oh my like god then. you and everybody else you know there is like an April Fool's oh no. joke and they were like oh it's coming out in November and everyone's like "Yeah." oh by the way it's April Fool's.
1: Oh sad it's like I've given up hope on the last two books of A Song of Ice and Fire. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have given up on the last book of This Name of the Wind
0: series as well. I mean, I wanna, I wanna support him, Patrick Rothfuss. Please write it. <laughs> I know you're working hard. It's, I think it's probably like there's a lot to tie it, tie up. Yeah. right. You don't have ends. to.
1: You don't have to force yourself to write it into one book. King yeah, Patrick, we are <laughs> we are okay if you write it in one and a half books. We're okay if you do it in two. It's okay just because you said it was gonna be a trilogy. You'd, yeah. you'd, you'd, you'd have you you don't have to, to yeah
0: exactly. You don't have to keep to that just, anyway. You know, free yourself. <laughs> free yourself. Oh <laughs> yeah. So you were saying name of the wind.
1: Yeah. So when 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 I was reading name of the wind, you were the one who was like, it, and I think that's when it really became a realization for me about the limitations of magic in Hmm. worlds of magic right that it's always difficult there's always a sacrifice that has to be made for you to gain your power Hmm. um and in harry potter it's just years of study right yeah you need to study you need to really apply yourself to get it um Hmm. In Name of the Wind, there's different sacrifices. There's sacrifices, it's blood sacrifices, for example, and I think the Witchfire series. Um, mm. So there's so many different things that you have to do exactly. um, that you have to give up to gain magic. Magic mm. is something that people are born with the innate ability with, but to access mm-hmm. that power, they have to give something up. And and that's yeah. the whole hero's journey, right? When, when you think about it. And it mm. makes the protagonist... And the achievement of power a bit more satisfying to the reader as well.
0: Yeah, that's what I love about I think books that do that really well. Yeah. Make clear what the boundaries are, what the rules are. That's that those are the books that I love.
1: Oh, in this in this chapter as well, then Genya passes the information to Alina. Yeah. Um about Mal. That he's alive and that you can write to him care of his regimen.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it's like information Alina already has and yeah. she's been doing that. So now she's like, oh, so I guess she, he's just not responding to my letters.
1: Yeah, he just doesn't want to, sad.
0: And then she gets so upset about it. She's like, you know what? I need to let Mel go. Like, I guess that's the end of our friendship. I I need to let it go. She's very upset about it. She loves Mel. She's angry. she's angry and I mean she loves Mel as a friend and as a crush right yeah but yeah so letting this go would have been so heartbreaking for her and she yeah but she leans into her anger instead which yeah. is great lean into your anger Alina yes and then she's like you know what I'm gonna let it go And then that was the trick to unblocking her powers. And her memories. So
1: we get this reveal into her memories as well. It's like deeply buried of the day the Grisha came to test the children at Mm. the orphanage. So after that scene where it cut off in that prologue chapter, they separated the two. They took Mal into another room and then the woman started testing Alina but she could hear Mal shouting her name and then she could feel the call to her power as the Grisha held on to her because she was an amplifier as well. And as she was rising up to answer the call to power, the the thought occurred to her that if, if I respond to this, they will separate me from Mal. And so she took whatever that was and shoved it deep down inside her and And basically, that was the start of it. She physically (laughs) shoved her power inside her so that she couldn't access it. And and ever since then, she's basically been using all her strength to keep that power hidden within her, even though she doesn't realize she's doing it anymore. And unlocking that memory and also letting go of the hope of her friendship or relationship with Mal then makes her realize that I am here, I'm a Grisha and I'm I'm just going to be a Grisha, right? Yeah. And she lets loose. And
0: I think this happened because Bagra was like screaming at her. And she's like Because she was all sad. And she's like, what are you sad about? You know, are oh, you so sad being here, taken care of in your beautiful kefta? Blah blah you know yeah. like soft bed, being hot food yeah you're being treated so well what's there to complain about and she's like what's waiting for you out there and Alina's like nothing no one and it's like so sad it's yeah. so heartbreaking but all this while Alina has just been holding like it's kind of like a codependent relationship she's <laughs> just been holding on yeah she's to... holding herself back yeah so that she could be with back. this boy exactly and when she, all her power, I, I found this passage so beautiful where she actually says sorry to it. She's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I left you so long in the dark. I'm sorry, but I'm ready now. I called and the light answered. And I'm like, yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: And then this is when it all comes together. The Grisha theory. Mm-hmm. It's like, I could feel the light all across the grounds and I could feel it rushing to me from every direction. This is that light like calls to like yeah bit of Grisha power. And then suddenly for the first time ever she managed to call her power on her own and filled the room with light. And Bagra's like good now we work. Yeah exactly <laughs>
0: like, finally got through this kid's skull. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That was actually such a
1: powerful chapter yeah there's so much foreshadowing and then there's also this big realization from Alina at the end which possibly makes it one of the best chapters
0: I think in in this book it's definitely a beautiful chapter except for chapter 13 (laughs) okay so for different reasons so chapter 13 um training montage she's getting better you know now she's like she's in control of her power so she has agency of her power now yeah, she, she's showing off a little bit she, yeah she's, she's you know she's stepping up into the light into her own power so mm-hmm. she's doing better Um, she looks better she has an appetite Darkling still wants to stag and stags antlers for her
1: but mm-hmm. you know,
0: Alina was like I could do with any amplifier Um,
1: yeah because I'm strong now
0: Exactly. Stronger now. Um and then at the end of it what does the
1: darkling do? Oh oh my god, okay. So then um she's training they they cut to a scene of her training with Bagra and Bagra's like pushing her, it's like more, more, more Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) And, And then she can't she she taps out, she's like, I'm tired, I I missed lunch because I was playing dress up with Genya and I'm hungry I'm distracted so then Bagra's mad at her and then the darkling suddenly shows up you know again they're fighting about the amplifier and yeah he's like leave us the darkling said with surprising ferocity and then Bagra says we'll all suffer for your pride boy I won't ask you again and then she just gives him a disgusted look then she turns on her heels and moves goes back to her cottage and then the darkling turns to look at Alina in the lamplight and he's like
0: you look well
1: he said <laughs> and then he goes if you're returning to the little palace I'll walk with you so they stroll in silence along the lakeshore mind you it's twilight <laughs>
0: <laughs> right it's romantic <laughs> yeah but I mean after he's already called her useless basically <laughs> Yeah,
1: but then he goes, I don't think you're useless, Alina. She's like, I know, just not useless, just not exactly useful. Yeah. <laughs> so then, you know, they're talking about the power, the amplifier, and then he's like, but if I can't help you destroy the fold, then what exactly am I good for? Midnight picnics? Keeping your feet warm in the winter? And the Darkling laughs, laughs right? He's he's had a few moments now where Alina makes him laugh, and she's yeah. like, I actually really like the sound of his laugh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yes, yes. Me too, Alina. Yeah. <laughs> me too. And then she says, oh, I think Bagra is good for you because she's the only one around here who isn't scared of you or tr- constantly trying to impress you. And he asks, are you trying to impress me? Of course. And then he laughs. Um, then I guess I should count myself lucky. right? So... And, and then they're talking she asks her about Bagra, about her powers and she's like i don't know i can't remember no one here is old enough to remember and then suddenly he's like alina if i tell you that i still believe we can find the stag would you think i'm mad and she says why would you care what i think i don't know he said but i do and then he <laughs> kissed me that's it it's yeah. like- Suddenly, out of nowhere, I we are all as surprised as Alina is. Even the darkling surprised. Even he's surprised. So he's they're kissing, and then suddenly he steps back. He looks as surprised as she feels, and then the moment is cut short because he's like, "I didn't mean." And then it's cut short by Ivan approaching. Ivan seems to know something went on. <laughs> yeah, he gives them a <laughs> sly look. He's smirking, and. Calls the darkling away for business. So right, so the darkling keeps doing these shocking moves. All yeah. physical moments that he's had, and to be fair, the, there's only really been three: the horse ride with the hair thing, the hand holding, and this kiss. It's all so sudden. It's like yeah, one event or conversation that has absolutely nothing to do with
0: the two of yeah, them. it kind of just comes out of nowhere. Exactly. Or it seemingly comes out of nowhere because mm-hmm. I've, I've always like I've always been trying to figure out the darkling right like why what is going on why is he doing this so
1: on my on my th- however many <laughs> reread of this chat. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> today today as we were you know pulling together our notes it occurred to me she was talking about Bagra.
0: Yeah right exactly. before
1: he kissed her. Yeah. So was it just a deflection from her asking more questions about Bagra but at the yeah. same time he also just seems genuinely driven by impulse and he's
0: also surprised is that a fact yeah. so so my view is like I think for sure he was trying to deflect from Bagra and like he just he changed the topic he's like oh, I don't know she's a tight maker hey like so do you think would you, do you think it's mad like that i think we can find the stag but like, he suddenly changes the topic right yeah
1: because she's like I why why, why wanted... do you care
0: Why i say? yeah and
1: then i think that made him think why do okay. i care i don't know yeah and sees an opportunity and just goes and kisses her so it yeah. started as a deflection but then also an impulsive
0: mix. i think so mm-hmm. like i think he wanted to do something shocking but he was as surprised He's as like, anybody. Oh, oh shit, I'm going like, oh, to do now. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what? Okay, like, I didn't want to do that, but oh, I did it already. I guess we went there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it ended with
1: a kiss and she's just the whole rest of the walk back to the little palace. She's like, what on earth? And yeah. the closing paragraph, she goes back to her room She is in her bed. She's playing with her power of light and making the Mm. light dance on her ceiling all across the room. And then suddenly the memory of the darkling kissing her comes back and scatters her concentration. And the last line of this chapter, the light shattered, leaving me in darkness, which to me is like heavy foreshadowing. It's like Mm. she's got her power of the light And then the darkling comes and steals it from, which is a strong point to end this chapter on. And obviously, I was you know, I'm like torn, I'm torn between like, oh
0: my god, the payoff finally, this
1: it wasn't even a slow burn because there's no slow
0: burn. Yeah, it was just sudden, it was so out of nowhere. It was so shocking.
1: Like there's instances we know he's handsome, he's cute, Mm -mm. he's probably also very socially awkward he and, and he has
0: yeah he flirts with her and I think I guess this is also like a whole like not like other girls trope because Alina yeah, yeah. seems to be the only person who can make him laugh yeah like who kind of like throws him off balance and like surprises laughs out of him
1: yeah
0: yeah so... by just
1: being real right and she didn't yeah. grow up there she's a She's a transplant so.
0: yeah, exactly. she's kind of like Bagra. like she she is very unfiltered yes, right Everybody else has this facade on they they always fake nice to each other yeah but Alina doesn't know how to do that. she's just herself
1: she also knows that the darkling knows she's not a strong Grisha so sure. she's not like the others who are trying to impress him with her strength or her powers mm. she's like just upfront. she's like yeah I'm really bad at this I yeah. I'm not trying to impress you I'm, su- I'm struggling and so he maybe is like yeah it's a relief for him right because all the other Grisha who grew up there from when they were like children have been conditioned to try and impress him where she's just like yeah he knows he knows I don't know how to control my power I don't even know how to call it so what have yeah. I got to lose right So, yeah, that's where we end today's episode. Mm -hmm. I don't think we, when we were talking about it, we thought let's potentially talk about the next few chapters, but I feel like it has to end there.
0: (laughs) I think so. Yeah. It has to end with the very surprising kiss. kiss.
1: (laughs) Thanks for listening and sticking with us this far. Um, we're on Instagram at Tickled Ink Pod. Come slide into our DMs with comments or questions, or to volunteer to be a guest on one of our future episodes if you are reading along with us. If you enjoyed our podcast, please follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and rate the show. Share with your friends who are into Fantasy YA or possibly into Shadow and Bone and would be interested in reading um, along with us. Um, and even if they're not anybody who's interested in talking about hot fictional characters please do (laughs) let them know and come join us on this fun journey
0: till the next time meet Meet us in the meadow. meadow